Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you, O Lord, are my refuge. You have made the Most High your dwelling place. No evil will be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So far, the reading of God's word. Thank you so much for reading God's word for us, Annette. Dear brothers and sisters, beloved friends, if you have a relationship and you have relationship problems and your friend or your wife in the morning tells you Don't forget to fill the car with petrol. Remember that. And you say, oh yes, yes, so I won't forget. And then um, you leave, you take the car, and you forget about it. So you strand along the way. (laughs) In that case, you do not only have one problem, but you have two problems. Christians, Christians are people who have become aware of the fact that we as humans have double problems. So there are many problems when we look around, varying from COVID to climate change, uh, crisis, uh, wars, conflicts, Um, diseases, I don't need to tell you how many problems there are. But a Christian has become aware that underlying 
there is another problem we should pay attention to. Namely, the problem of how we stand before our Creator. Our Creator is not just a friend to whose word you should pay attention. He is our King, our Lawgiver, our Maker. Christians are aware of double problems. And God's people throughout all ages, or also throughout the whole Bible, have always been aware of that, but perhaps never more than when God's people were exiled to Babylon. They lost their land, they lost their beautiful city, Jerusalem. They lost their king. They lost the temple. It was burned with fire, the dwelling place of God. So when they were exiled, they had many problems. But there was an underlying problem. And that underlying problem was that God already told them, beware that you pay attention to my word. If you obey, you will be blessed. If you don't, you will face the consequences. For instance, when Moses approached the promised land in the book of Deuteronomy, he warned the people of Israel in many ways. If you read Deuteronomy 30. First, God told whom he was for his people. He said, verse 11, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, bearing them on its pinions, the Lord alone guided you. He made you ride on, on the high places of the land, and so on. So there was a great blessing in listening to the Lord, in being God's people. But Moses also warned, verse 23, he says that if, if, if the people of God won't pay attention to his voice, God says, I, I, I will heap disasters upon my people. I will spend my arrows on them. They will be wasted with hunger, devoured by plague, poisonous pestilence. I will send the teeth of the beasts against them, and so on. The venom of a, of a serpent, and so on. So God gave many warnings also to Joshua when they would enter the promised land. One more quote, Joshua 23, verse 13. Know for certain that the Lord your God, when you, when you don't pay attention to his voice, will no longer drive out the nations that threat you before you, but these nations will be a snare and a trap for you, a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes. Well, these warnings God had given to his people, but they had ignored God's voice. And finally, all the bad things happened and they were exiled. 
Now in the book of Psalms, a book for prayer and to sing to God, the book of Psalms contains five volumes to pray, to sing, and the third volumes, volume, Psalms 73 till 89, we find many lamenting prayers, meditating on, oh, how could we have been so stupid? How could we ignore the biggest thing in life to pay attention to God's word? Why are we in exile now? So they look around and see many problems, but they are also very aware there is an underlying problem, namely their relationship with God. This brings us to a question for you. What about your relationship to your creator, to your maker? Did you, last week, do you pay attention to his voice, to what he says, to what he commands, to what he says is good for us or not good? I think we all, if we are honest, are aware that we have problems here. So all the problems in the world, according to the Bible, are related somehow to the deepest problem, ignoring the voice of our Creator. It already starts in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve not paying attention to what God said. They were cast out of paradise and living, well, the lives we also live. Now you might wonder, is everything hopeless then? Well, the book of Psalms continues in Psalm 90, the fourth volume of the five volumes of the book of Psalms begins. So the fourth volume opens up with two Psalms, Psalm 90 and Psalm 91. Those of you who have been here the previous time may be reminded here of Psalm 1 and 2. 1 and 2 open the first volume. Psalm 90 and 91 open up the fourth volume after this volume about the exile. And Psalm 90 is a, is a, is a bit lamenting song. Oh God, you, are, you, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. But, but we as your people have not been the Psalm 1-like kind of people Remember Psalm 1 was, how blessed is the one who meditates upon God's law, God's word. The one who pays attention to God's word. He is like a tree planted on the water streams. But Psalm 90 says, we have to be honest, not really been that kind of people. And now we are in trouble and underlying is our problem in our relationship with God. And then from this they cry out to God. And we can use this psalm to cry out to God. Oh God, be merciful to us. Oh God, help us. And then follows the beautiful psalm Annette just read for us. Psalm 91. Seems to be sort of an answer to Psalm 90. It's about a person, as you heard, a person amidst of trouble. A lot of problems are surrounding this person. A lot of threats. But we hear the person will be delivered from it. And if you have listened well, there's something special about this person. Because this person may have many troubles, many problems, but we don't hear that this person has trouble in trusting God, relying on God. On the contrary, continually we hear that this person relies on God and God is with him. 
So this might give us a question. Who is this person? About whom is this whole psalm? I think many times if we read this psalm, we would like immediately to apply it to ourselves. We want to be safe. We want to be saved out of our troubles. So we think, let's read Psalm 91 and be safe. But can we say that we trust in God as the person in Psalm 91 is doing? So some would say, well, let this psalm be an encouragement. Let's try to do better next week, trust in God, and maybe then he will help us. But I suppose that's not the right way to listen to this psalm. If in Psalm 90 it's admitted we have not been trusting in God, then it may be that this person in Psalm 91 is not so much the person we should be or should try to be, but that this person in Psalm 91 is the person we need, we need to have. The king we need. As there was a king promised to God's people. Remember Psalm 2. Read Psalm 89. God had promised that there would be a saving king. Although you perhaps see nothing, nothing of it and you see many troubles, God has promised a saving king. So let's focus on Psalm 91. This person surrounded by problems, threatened but delivered and finally exalted. What is in the psalm? Let's have a close look at the text of this beautiful psalm. If you have a Bible, have it at hand. We can divide the psalm into five parts, verses one and two. Uh, Here we hear things that are said about this person. Then verses three to eight, things are said to this person. Then verse 9a, this is not completely clear in all translations, but I'm sure verse 9a is something that is said by this person. You are my refuge. Then again, follow verses until verse 13. Things are said to the person. And then finally, verses 14 to 16, a thing said about the person. So there is a beautiful structure here. Things about, to, by, to, about. First part, about the person. What, what is said about the person? Well, that this person has God like a safe city with thick walls you can take refuge in. So in ancient times, remember last week, Psalm 46, um, God as a city you could flee into In those old cities, they built their houses inside the walls, in the shadow of the walls. And if you had your house there, you knew my my house is very safe. Now, this person has God in that way. He is safe in God. He has God as his personal loving God. He trusts God. God is his refuge. Then, verses 3 to 8, things are said to this person. There is said that God delivers this person. Pay attention, there is not said that this person will never see trouble. For instance, when it says he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler or the net of the fowler, it doesn't mean that he will not come into the net. He will maybe be in the net, 
But the Lord will save him from that. So many threats are mentioned here. But God is a saving God. God is compared here to a mother bird spreading her wings over the baby bird. And the baby bird is completely safe. So that's how God is in, 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 in very threatening situations. The, the threats mentioned here may be human threats. They may also be threats of nature, diseases. Or, and they may, th- th- there is also something supernatural about these threats. We hear some demonic powers here threatening this person. So it's all kinds of darkness threatening this person. But there is said, he will deliver you. And you don't need to fear. You should not fear. And then there is also said that finally, although it looks very threatening, finally it will end up that everything that threatened you is defeated and you survive. You will see them defeated. So you will survive. Very promising. Then in the midst of the psalm we find this tiny beautiful confession for you O Lord are my refuge here we hear the person himself speaking to God I rely on you you are my refuge I trust in you and then the psalm continues to tell things to this person again we hear that God delivers first we hear the reason why does God deliver this person God delivers him because this person relies on God trusts God pays attention to God's word so there is a covenant relationship a very good relationship between this person and between God that's the reason and then we hear a further explanation about the protection as we heard about wings in the first uh, part where there were things said to the person. Again, here we hear about persons with wings, namely angels. God sends angels. Angels have wings to protect, to bear you, to take care of you. By the way, when Israel traveled through the desert, they had the tabernacle in their midst, the dwelling place of God, and in the holiest of holy, there was the the Ark of the Covenant, Into that Ark of the Covenant were the tables of the law. And over it were the cherubim, angels with their wings. Now might this be a picture of this person? A person with the Torah, with the law in in his heart. And angels protecting this person. So again this is said to this person, you will be protected. You will be delivered from all the threats. And again it is said to him, you will survive. So there may come snakes to you, wanting to bite you in the heel with their poisonous mouth. And there might be lions who want to devour you. But finally you will crush them under your feet. You will triumph over them. By the way, for those of you who are familiar with the Bible... Do you hear an echo here of a promise? A promise that was made to Eve. That she would have a son. A son that would crush the head of the serpent. 
So finally, this person will survive and be victorious over these threats. And then we hear the last part of the song, verses 14 to 16. Things are said about this person, and it is God who is speaking here, verses 14 to 16. Again, there is mentioned that this person will be delivered because he relies on God. There's a very good relationship between God and this person. And he will not only be delivered, but he will also be honored. Literally, it also says he will be placed high. He will be very victorious and he will live forever and ever. So, a psalm about a person surrounded by threats, but he overcomes. Who is this person? That's an important question now. Is this whom we should try to be? Or is this the person we need? Is this the person God's people need? We all have double problems. Yeah, we have many problems. But when the Holy Spirit makes us aware of God's law, of God's word, we see there are deeper deeper problems than only the problems we all know. We have problems in obeying God, trusting God, relying on God, loving God. What about your relationship with God? Are you ready to come before him? We should all prepare for that. That one day, as the person I mentioned in the beginning of the sermon would come home, his wife would ask, have you, t- have you paid attention to the, to the petrol? Ah. God one day will ask, have you paid attention to my word? We all have troubles here. Are we ready to come before our maker? The biggest salvation we need, I must be cautious here, but I really want to underline that. The biggest problem we must pay attention to is not COVID, neither climate, nor disease, nor The deepest thing we should pay attention to is are we ready to meet our maker? Now by nature we aren't and the spirit makes us aware of that, that we need help here. Improvement won't work, we need a savior and there is a savior. Psalm 91 sings about him. The psalm sings about a coming Messiah, like Psalm 2 already did. And many psalms do this. Psalm 91 sings about a person who has no problems in trusting God. A person in whom we might take refuge. This psalm points to the Messiah. And if we look at Jesus... We do not just add something to the psalm, but if we look at Jesus, we see that this psalm is really fulfilled. Here is the person that this psalm prophesies about. Jesus, as we read in the Gospels, was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert to be tempted by Satan. Satan. Who is Satan? Satan is trying to make us distrust God and disobey God. And he has been successful many times. Remember Adam and Eve in the garden? 
Remember God's people in the desert? Remember God's people in the promised land? So even God's people are vulnerable to listen to Satan and, and lead us astray. But look at Jesus in the desert. Satan tempts him, but no. Jesus continues to rely on God, to hold fast to God's word. So here is the tested Messiah. He is the one we need. Yes, Jesus was there in the desert, surrounded by the wild animals, snakes, lions, but angels, Mark mentions angels, were serving him. And when you look at Jesus' life, you see that Jesus indeed is the victorious king. He has authority over demons. He has authority over diseases. He has authority and is safe from the attacks of man. See how this psalm is most deeply fulfilled when Jesus dies on the cross. When Jesus hangs on the cross, it all comes to him. The powers of darkness, powers of nature, the pain, the people saying, if you are the son of God, come from the cross. Now we might wonder, why should Jesus the one who completely relies on God, obeys God, be in such sad circumstances. I mean, wasn't the promise that if you trust God and obey God, you will be richly blessed. But Jesus is not blessed. He, 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 he is, so to say, cursed, left by humans, attacked by demons, left by his father. Why is this happening to this glorious king who trusted in God? Well, this king is hanging there, not because of his own sins, but because of the sins of his people. He has come and left the dwelling place of his father for our sake, out of compassion, out of love, sent by his father to become our hiding place so that we could come to him, take refuge in him, and be saved from our biggest problem, our sins. So why and with what do you come to Jesus? Do you come to Jesus? Do you call upon his name? In Jesus' life, many people came to Jesus with all kinds of problems. But if we read the Gospels, we see we may do so. We may come to him with all problems, but we should certainly come to him with the deepest of all problems, our sin, our rebellion against God, our ignoring the voice of God. This is the disease. We can't heal ourselves, nor can we improve. We need a savior. And he died on the cross to deal with that problem. If we come to him, he takes us under his wings. And when he died, our old self is crucified and will surely die. And when Jesus was risen from the dead, for God delivered him, God kept his promises to his faithful one, to his king, and God placed him high. Then we who take refuge in Jesus are, are risen with him, have a place in the heavenlies with him. What applies to Jesus applies to those who come to Jesus. My friend, have you come to Jesus? Have you called upon his name?
And have you seen what is your privilege if you are in Jesus? Then everything that applies to Jesus applies to you. And in this way, this psalm indeed also becomes your psalm. You can use this psalm in your prayer and in your song. First and foremost, you can use it to praise Jesus the Lord. So you can use it as a song to praise him. He is that one who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. He, he, it's fulfilled in him, so praise Jesus with this song. But you can also use this psalm as a prayer for protection. We feel many threats. And with this psalm, we can ask God, so to say, to spread his wings over us. Yes, we feel threatened, and we're not always taken out of the problem we face. But if his wings cover us, we know it's first coming to us. We are safe in his loving arms. We can use this psalm also to proclaim our faith. Now let me end with a few important questions. Now that we have seen the beauty of this psalm and the fulfillment in Jesus Christ. First, one might ask, okay, if we have this psalm, then we are safe. So does this imply we don't need to pay attention to our safety any longer? As friends told me from Russia, they told me that when COVID broke out, they told me, the many Christians around them would tell them, um, we, we won't be vaccinated, we won't wear masks, we won't do any social distancing, and so on, because we have Psalm 91, they said. So we should really rely on God, so away with all those measures. And these friends of mine asked me, yeah, how should we deal with this? Now, that question should be, how does Jesus deal with his own safety? Look at Jesus. For instance, when people threat him, make plans to kill him. You read that, for instance, in Mark. People made plans to kill Jesus when he was in Judea. What did Jesus say then? Did he say, well, they make plans to kill me, but God has sent his angels, so I must trust I'm safe. I, I will stay in Judea. No, Jesus didn't. We read... Jesus withdrew to Galilee. So Jesus took care of his safety. Though he knew Psalm 91 was true, he still paid attention to his safety. Even when the Satan was tempting Jesus, for instance, told him, cast yourself down from the temple and he will command his angels to bear you, Jesus said, we may not tempt the Lord. We not, may not willfully bring ourselves in unsafe situations. So no, this psalm does not mean that we shouldn't pay attention to our own safety. However, we know that even if you pay attention to your safety, many things can happen to us. We are very vulnerable, much more vulnerable than we are often aware of. So yes, we may ask God, please God, as you promised in Psalm 91, please God, take care of my safety. That's the right application of this psalm. And God's children will see that many times God is doing that, sometimes in a miraculous way. There is a book 
that is filled with testimonies of people who read Psalm 91 and shortly after that somehow somewhere were in a miraculous way protected from great danger. A whole book filled with such stories. To be honest, I can add my own story. It goes too far to share it now. But there was a Sunday night. It was just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reading a psalm every day. And that night I read Psalm 91. And in that night there was a man who made a horrible plan for our church and our warden uh, with gasoline. And, and well, it goes too far, but it was terrible. And no, there, wasn't, there was damage in that night. However, in some way we were miraculously protected. There was an old lady in our church. She had on her heart to pray, not only for the people of the church, but also for the church building. And what the man planned did not succeed. There was some fire, but soon it, it ended up. Psalm 91, God delivered us. Yes, God is a protecting God. This brings us to the last question. For somebody might say, yeah, that's nice. Very beautiful that sometimes God protects people and delivers. But we all know, don't we, that there are times that people do die of a disease or because of an attack. And then, is Psalm 91 not true any longer? Of course, we must pay attention to that very important question. And I think there's no better way to pay attention to that question by referring to Elizabeth Elliot. Elizabeth Elliot was an American woman married with Jim. They were missionaries. They went to Venezuela to share the gospel there with the Indians. And there was some openness, but there was also strong resistance against the gospel. And one day, Jim left the house, and there was an Indian who shot arrows on Jim. They pierced his heart, and he was killed by many arrows. Elizabeth lost her husband, and their young daughter lost, lost her father. So Elizabeth had to wrestle with this question, what about Psalm 91? And she wrote a book. It's called In the Shadow of the Almighty, refers to Psalm 91. And she says, I have found my safety and my hiding place and nobody can take it from me. And so has Jim, my husband. Then what about these arrows? Well, she says, the fulfillment of Psalm 91 we may see in Romans 8. Romans 8. What is our hiding place? What is the thing nobody and no power can separate us from? Is that that we will ever keep our bodies? Jesus never promised that. Our bodies will die once. But our hiding place, our refuge is in the love of God in Christ with our soul and nothing can separate us from that he will keep us there and for those who took their refuge in Jesus he will get them through he will raise them up 
in a new world under new heavens and they will dwell with him forever. So yes, Psalm 91 is true and fulfilled in these words. As Paul says, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Now, in whatever circumstances you are, oh, by the way, if you have questions, requests for pastoral care, for prayer, go to Hank, to Jonathan, to Neil, our elders, and then they can talk to you, or you can uh, give me a phone call or send an email. Now, in whatever circumstances you find yourself, hold on. The Lord has said, I am with you all days. So receive his blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.